Max Gorlin, Melbourne Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cotchin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Penderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey friends, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel. Hope you've been enjoying the pre-season with us so far. Gosh, it's crazy to think we're only a couple of weeks away now from lockout lifting for your salary cap games and rolling through. But really, this is crunch time if you play keeper leagues or anything related, dynasty related. And that's what this entire episode is devoted to. It is all about keeper league content. And in this episode, got a number of the panel members to join me through a couple of interesting perspectives. I've got Jimmy back. Hello, mate. How are you? Hello, MJ. Hello, listeners. Good to be back. This nice. is uh, this is my domain here. This is uh, Jimmy's territory. We start talking about drafts. That's where we get him on any episode you mentioned. Uh, I got Rids back as well. Hello, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. I'm, um, I go all right in drafts, I reckon. You do go all right in drafts. All right. Let me explain the concept uh, for you about what we want to do on this episode is we want to go club by club. And there's an article you can go and check out online now, coachespanel.tv with all of the picks, but give you who just some of the members of the panel believe are the best 22 years of age or younger for a keeper league for every single AFL side. So of course there are going to be guys that would be, so Brody Grundy's not making this list because he doesn't qualify in the age. So it's not a, who are the best keeper league players to go and get into own. Maybe that's some content you'll get before we get into round one, but rather it's looking at who are these guys that are on the younger side of life that we think are the best players that are currently in that side. Because Rids, if you can get a young gun and you can hold them for a long period of time in your keeper league, man, doesn't it set you up for success? Yeah, it does, especially if that guy is already going at close enough to premium score already. Yeah, it's true. And and Jimmy, the reason we're doing club by club is because there's always, while we try to be clinical about our list management, there's always a bit of emotion where we love to own someone from the club we support too. Oh, there is. Um, it can be just as equally frustrating to own players from your favourite <laughs> club too, I think, just quietly. But um yeah, and, and conversely too, no one likes to own a player from North. So it's still, you've got to look at it clinically, as you say, and, and there might just be some worth uh, having a second look at there too. That's very true. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to work alphabetically through the AFL clubs and we're going to look at who some of the members of the panel have shared as their player to own. Again, the qualifier is they're age 22 or younger. If we look to the Adelaide Crows, Rids has said his number one target would be Lockie Scholl. Fox has got Jackson Haitley. Jimmy has said the same thing while I've landed on Harry Schonberg. Rids, talk me through the Scholl pick. Why is it for you that he's the best Crow 22 and under? So the last two games last year, I reckon we saw this guy's potential. Mm. He came out and he went bang, bang, 89-72 in Dream Team. So I assumed it was Dream Team scoring, although this guy is pretty good in Supercoach as well. I think there's every chance he maintains a defensive status for the journey Mm. because he uses the ball so well that, I mean, he's an absolute weapon off half-back. And I think due to that, he's more likely to be a premium defender than what I thought. Hately would be a premium midfielder at this stage. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. Well, you're right. He adds, you know, as, as the lone Crow supporter in the coaches' battle, he adds something that that club have desperately lacked for a long time, which is 
dare run and carry and elite ball use by foot. So I don't think you can go wrong with someone like Scholl and you'd probably struggle to keep him potentially on, depending on how many keepers you have. But Jimmy, talk me through the Haitley pick. Rids alluded to the fact earlier in ultimate footy this year, he is a defender. So that probably helps people in that format of the game. What is it you've seen about Haitley that's got you confident enough that he's going to be a really nice keeper target? Sure. I mean, I don't think I'm alone in thinking Haley's got something special about him. But, um, whether he does make that premium grade or not, um, yeah, perhaps remains to be seen. But uh, certainly at this stage, he's got um, definite trade currency, which is always a tick in my book. Um, and and we do love a, a highly rated kid who doesn't get that opportunity as a full-time midfielder at one club, who then mm. goes to another and then gets that role there. So whether he uh, breaks all the way out or not, I think we'll see enough out of him this year that his trade value goes through the roof. Um, and if you want to back him in to keep him, yeah, maybe he does make that premium level. Um, but if you're not sure, as Rids might not be, or uh, some others, or you just don't quite see enough, um, you'll certainly get your money's worth at the trade table for him uh, at some stage of this year. You'll have a bullish Crows fan that's trying to clamour all over him, that is for sure. Uh, all right, let, let's look through the Brisbane Lions as the next Hey, MJ, got to- before yes. you go... Before you go worming away a little bit here, yes. you're the Adelaide Crows guy. Yes. How do you see Haitley fitting into that Crows midfield now that they've gone out and they've got Barry and Pedler on top of Crouch? Yeah, I think that's the, the interesting one. I think Rory Sloan's time in the midfield, we're going to see that gradually pull back over the coming one to two seasons and start to play a little more across the half forward line. Um, I, I think the club are very bullish on a couple of young players in Schoenberg, who I've listed as kind of my thing, because again, I think he's that in and out player. Berry is a real hard nut and Pedler, again, is another that if I was drafting in a keeper league this year, I'd very happily to go pick him up. What you're alluding to, Rids, is how will these developing kids and Crouch and Haitley and Laird, let's be honest, he's I can't see him moving out of the midfield anytime soon, all coexist. And that's why, for me, I, I'm a little hesitant to see Haitley go beyond the 90 marker. I think it, that's fine in a keeper league to get a 90 mid. Uh, yeah, I just don't see him with all those other kids to come through and the mature bodies they want to have there, I just can't see him getting enough to get a 95 plus. So to follow on from that, I see you pick Schoenberg. Yes. Do you believe he's going to stay as a forward then? Uh, I, I think he's. Uh, there'll be seasons like this year where he's retaining enough of it. I think they like him playing a high half forward and then pushing into the midfield. But I, I don't predict it's going to be there long term. But I think there's going to be years where he does have it. Excellent. Well, there you go. We got them all covered off. All right, there you go. Uh, this one should be easy because we've all listed the same player. Again, this is myself, and Jimmy Fox, and Rids all listing through players. We've all listed Hugh McCluggage. Maybe Rids will go to you in a second to talk about maybe some other guys had suitcase not been there who we'd go to. But Jimmy, talk me through the McCluggage pick. Why is he the guy for you? I think it's pretty straightforward, regardless of whether he's 22 or 25. At this point, when he's scoring like he is, you, you don't turn him down, do you? You don't turn around guys that can go 95 plus, pop with tons, never yeah. going to be a tag target, impacts the goals. You know, the only thing you could argue is, you know, you'd love him to bump that scoring another five points per game up, but at his age. 
seen a bit more ceiling out of him, maybe. Yeah, it might yeah. be the thing. But um, but no, I think he's shown enough in the time he's had so far that he was um, yeah, we, we've all gone there pretty unanimously. Yeah, I think so. Reads if suitcases off the board and you want to draft a line twenty to and under. Are there any other guys you might consider going for? Geez, I had a toss up here with Cam Rayner. I've yeah. seen a little bit out of him this year to go. Geez, he could actually make the next step now. Yeah, it's yeah, true. He's bloomed a little later than we thought he might, but he started to show something last year. I thought. Yeah, he just adds something, doesn't he, to that Brisbane midfield? A little bit of class and dynamics, starting to play up a little bit higher up the grounds. Charlie Cameron there being that small, crafty forward, the need to have to have him there as deep isn't as high. So McCarthy's health and fitness has also been a huge boost for that forward line for Brisbane. So, yeah, I don't mind that. What do you reckon about Zach Bailey, Jimmy? Just curiously, is he someone in and around the mix for you too? Yeah, he is. If if McCluggage wasn't there, he's probably the one I would have gone for. I'm a, a big fan of his. Um, the, the role he plays isn't always conducive to high fantasy scores, but I love watching him play. Um, and that's a big thing for me in the Keeper League. Um, I want to enjoy the players I've got uh, sitting on my list every week. True. Um, and uh, yeah, I think he's the sort of player that is likely to keep, um, or at least likely to be a chance for dual position in any given year with the role that he plays. Uh, which is always nice. And uh, if he does um, increase that uh, scoring capacity just a little bit, then um, you know, he certainly becomes part of that conversation. He's a, he's a good little player, that is for sure. All right, Carlton, This there's a couple of clubs, just to be clear, like Brisbane, that unanimously across the board, all four members of the panel that have got involved in this article, which again, you can see these players and keep, keep along with us at coachespanel.tv, have all picked the same player and rids for Carlton. No one's surprised to see everybody pick Sam Walsh, are they? Well, I don't think there's anyone else anyway, but Sam Walsh just jumps off that page, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he does, doesn't he? Like, what, third-year breakout, already shown a couple of years of 90-plus averages, developing ceiling. Like, what else is there that he needs to do beyond average 100? Um, there's just nothing else. So there's there. going to be 10 years of 100 at least 100 average Absolutely. over the next 10 years. And Absolutely. I reckon he's got probably enough to push 120 down some stage through his career. Do you think he needs Crips in the side to help him do that, or it doesn't matter? No, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And is that because hey, of how he plays, like an in-and-out game? Sorry, Jim. Yeah. Well, I just think that he's got such endurance. He's got such running capability. Even if he tries to be tagged, he runs away people. He's got He's got the midfield anyway. I don't think Carlton's a Crips-focused midfield anymore. They've got the Williams. They've got the guys floating through all the time now. I just think Walsh is the – he just jumps out at me as um, he's going to be a mainstay for our teams, you know, our fantasy teams for the next decade. Yeah, good call. Jimmy? I was just going to ask you, Rids, and and MJ too, I guess. Um, If you're setting up a brand-new keeper league this year, Mm. Sam Walsh is going first round. Oh, imagine, yeah. Every league. In is many. he in the conversation for you at pick one, Rids? Yeah, he is. Um, I reckon it's him or Al. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the, the reality is, though, okay, like, I mean, I don't want to go too – he's only in the conversation. It's always Raul. Like, Raul wins that conversation every time. But you'd be crazy not to have the conversation. Mm. The other thing I've got with Walsh, though, is there's enough – premium mids out there that I don't think 
I, I would be hesitant to let him go top. Like I wouldn't take him top five. So yeah. someone like a Zach Merritt, who's got 110 plus, you know, on the board already. Guys like Jackson McRae, mm, Yeah, There's enough there to go, well, do I really want a 20-year-old or a 24-year-old that's more proven? Mm. Well, that's right. And finding a 100-plus midfielder, again, we released an article just the other day for our Patreons about some of the most valuable keeper league prospects. One of the easiest things to find is a midfielder averaging 100 that stays in that positional line, getting a, a defender, a forward, or a ruckman that's going to be continually at the top of the tree in that scoring line they're much harder to hold and retain. So, um, I mean, Jimmy, I'll throw it back at you. If you yeah. were doing a same scenario, okay, start up keeper league, and Walsh and, say, Grundy are on the board, who Ooh. would you take? Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? And I think that's partly where you're looking at what sort of squad you're trying to set up. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and at that point, it's not even necessarily um, Walsh versus Grundy. It, it's it's if you're thinking about taking a ruck at that at that early stage to lock one away, you're taking Grundy or you're taking Riley O'Brien, mm. um, you know, at, at a few years younger. And I think it's it's an interesting thing when you're looking at how you're going to design a fresh new keeper league squad. And uh, I don't think um, Walsh is a guy that we're necessarily picking at one for all of those reasons that we mentioned, but he is in very much in that conversation for a first rounder. So it's not just that he's a an attractive proposition for this particular list we're running through tonight, but he's very much up there as that um, long-term keeper target across all age brackets. Yeah, I think so. Look, he, he goes early in, in keeper leagues. And again, some people choose to intentionally draft super young early in their keepers. Others try to keep it a little more pure, like a seasonal draft. It all depends on the unique coaching strategy how they, what experience they've had with keeper leagues and keeper lists before. And again, how deep your keeper lists are too. Some have only got 10 keepers. And so the age isn't as big as a relevant factor as it might be if you're keeping 20 or 30 on, on your list as well. So there's so many different variables that come into mix um, around that. Um, all right, let, let's go to the next club. Two players have been listed across the board here from, uh, from Rids, Fox, Jimmy, and myself. Jimmy and I are on team Josh Dacos. Rids and Fox, you're on team Isaac Quainor. Rids, talk us through the Isaac pick. Well, I mean, there's enough noise coming out of Collingwood right now saying he has taken the next step. He's ready to go bang. Plus, I mean, he had a reasonably decent enough finish to the year anyway in yeah. a COVID-restricted match format to suggest he is actually going to be a premium defender and he's probably going to be a solid premium defender. So I don't see how he doesn't go 85 plus. Yeah, I think he's going to be a really nice pick long-term. You alluded to one of those games, that round 14 against Carlton. I think it was like 20 possessions, a handful of marks and tackles, scored that 84, which again, if you want to adjust it up, that's a ton. Yeah, a couple of weeks later, he got a 76. You're just set up. That's right near that 100 marker as well. And he's only played 11 games of footy. So well, that's it. He's just got so much scope. And like, he's got, he's highly skilled. He's yeah. quick. He knows how to use it. He knows how to position. Like, there's nothing I don't like about this guy. Like, every time I see him, I go, wow, wait. Having said that, though, and I know you guys are going to talk about Dacos, He's pretty much in the picture as well. I mean, every time I look at Josh Dacos these days, he's the same thing. He just does the right thing all the time. So, I mean, it was really tough. 
it, yeah. and I suppose that's that footy smarts that got you over the line, Jimmy, or a little bit more of a proven ceiling? What was it that tipped you towards Dacos? Yeah, I was just about to say, I hate that we've found two Collingwood players that we both like. It's, <laughs> it just doesn't feel right, does it? But no, both of them were very much in the frame for me at, um, and it wasn't much that made the difference. Um, you know, and, and ultimately, um, yeah, I just, from what I've seen of both, I think Dacos is going to hit that mark a little bit earlier than, than Quain or Will. Um, much as we say the mids are easier to find, um, yeah. I just really like watching him play. He's... Um, yeah, one of those that uh, I'd enjoy having in my team. Yeah, I think you would. And and interesting, maybe Rids will ask you this thing. Collingwood have gone and got a bunch of kids in their team over the past two years. Like there's Bianco, Rantel that haven't had a, ch- a shot really just yet. And then those three first round picks um, this year just gone. Where would you take in an existing keeper league, where would you take a Finlay McRae who's arguably pretty comparable type of player to his brother. Where's the right spot to go for him? Uh, as in out of the group of draftees? From yeah. Last year. Yeah. Is he in the, the top handful? Is he in the second or third bunch through? Like, again, I know it's hard because every keeper league's got different rules and lists of size and all that kind of stuff. So it's hard to give a one size fits all, but like, where's the right spot? Is he going near the Will Phillips, the Tom Powell end, or is he going towards the back end of first-year players? Well, I mean, I think Tom Powell will end up being the best fantasy-related footballer of last year's draft. But I think a Braden Campbell type would be probably the first one taken for me. Mm. Um, I'd say a Tilthorpe would be right up there. Yep. Geez, I mean, he's got... That kid can clunk a mark and he's a big lump of a boy. He's like... If he's not the next Brody Grundy coming through, I don't know what is. Like, yeah. um, so I mean, there's a few there. So Finlay, like, I mean, McRae, uh, it's a bit hard because Collingwood do have a lot of outside types, you know, that sit on the wings and sit on the flanks and stuff like that. Mm. And I'm sure McRae's going to be a beauty. Like, but I would be a little bit hesitant to take him in the first three or four. Yeah, that makes sense. Week. Yeah, I'm happy enough with that. All right, let's move on to Essen. And this is an interesting one. This is the first time that all four of us that have put down player names have gone for different players. So I'll go to you, Jimmy, with yours in just a second. But for the sake of the names, Rids has picked Andrew McGrath. Fox has gone Sam Draper. Jimmy, you've picked Jai Caldwell, which you can talk about in a second. And for me, I've picked Jordan Ridley. Talk to me about the Caldwell pick, Jimmy. Sure. I, I weighed up all four of these names. Um, I think they're the, the four standouts as far as Essendon goes. Um, and, and again, it's um, almost a shame that there was a number of options to choose from there. But <laughs> um, he's, from a Draper point of view, in a deeper keeper league, if you're keeping 30-odd or you know, yeah, lists list of 40, that sort of thing, or a, a league that plays two rucks, um, Draper, I think, probably has more value than the other three from that long-term point of view because there aren't too many young rucks going around um, that have got a likely number one starting position this year, let alone going forward. Um, so he, he definitely has some appeal, despite being very raw and fairly unproven at this point, um, was in the frame from that point of view. Um, McGrath's in the frame from the same aspect that um, we were talking about McCluggage earlier, and Ridley is on, you know, basically a, a premium already as far as the yeah. backline. But um, what I looked at it with Coldwell is that I do own him in a couple of keeper leagues. He's a kid that I've been a big fan of for a long time. 
and um, coming back to that same theory with Haitley in that, um, you know, a, a promising young midfielder that didn't get that opportunity at one club who goes to a lesser club and uh, yeah. now has that role, um, that's very appealing for me. Um, and I'm sitting there owning Coldwell. And if someone came to me in that particular league with any of the other three players and said, hey, Jimmy, I'll give you a direct swap for one of them. Hmm. I'm probably keeping Coldwell. Um, and that's as much because I like him as anything else. Um, and because from a, that point of view, having Ford status this year is nice. I don't expect him to keep it. Yeah, sure. um, but that role is very much there for him at Essendon, I feel. Um, they've been crying out for that type of player for a little while. And um, I, I think that'll work out quite well for him. And, and I'm happy to roll the dice that that pays off in the long run. Yeah, fair shout. Um, talk me through the Andy McGrath pick there. Ritz, what do you think, he, what do you think is his ceiling potential? So let's go back a step. And so when I was deciding this, I thought there was only two options that would be premiums of their lines. Mm. So sorry, Jimmy, I didn't consider Caldwell as um, as um, a premium. I don't think he's ever going to get to a premium. I know he's got a lot of um, talent. And there's like that step that's the unknown quantity type thing. Yeah. It, it but, is um, and definitely a gamble, but I'm, I'm happy to back him. We'll see how Yeah, yeah but... I fully, um, I fully appreciate the fact of taking the risk. And, I mean, out of all of those four, Caldwell would probably, not so much this year, but he'd probably be the cheapest option. Yes. You know, you could probably pick him up later. You could probably trade him in at a cheaper value than the other guys. <clears throat> so I consider Jordan Ridley because, as Jimmy rightly said, he's already a premium defender. And, geez, mm. that boy can play. Yeah. But, Andrew McGrath, we saw what happened last year when he first moved into the midfield. He became an absolute ball magnet. Like when we saw the numbers he had in his um, junior days, he was mm. as prolific as the Rouse and the Walshers in his junior days. So if this guy actually gets a run at it, and I know he just had a head knock recently, but I reckon he's taking the next step this year and he's going 100 plus this year in the midfield for Essendon. Well, he averaged 77.2. And again, this is closer to AFL Fantasy Ultimate footy scoring in keeper leagues. Again, you've got customization through the Wahoo, no matter what you choose to do. But that's just shy of that 100 marker um, if you want to adjust it up. He's one of those kind of guys, Reeds, that you think with the longer quarters, given that strong aerobic capacity as well, should only aid him being that 100-plus guy for a long period of time. Yeah, well, I actually think he goes more than 100. He went, what, what would he do? 77? 77, yeah. So, I mean, that's that's over 100 anyway if you're going to do that adjustment thing that I don't like. But the reality is... I'm glad someone else has said that. I hate this adjusted scoring thing. It's not... Uh, it's a lot of presumption like, in oh it, isn't God. it? Um, oh, need, just to a little rant about that at some time because I see all these adjusted numbers coming up and I'm just screaming at my computer every time. It's not how it works, people. No, and it's like, oh, yeah, well, everything's got to be aligned, doesn't it? Everything's got to be an even playing field. You've got to yeah. have the same amount of minutes. You've got this, the result of the game ends up being the same result of the game. The ball isn't chipped around the style of play of the Anyways, don't get me started. I think, I, I think I think I lit a fire. Uh, <laughs> and you know, I mean, how many times do we see, like, remember about 10 years ago, five, 10 years ago, when Virtual used to score like 100 points in the last 10 minutes of the game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, 
It doesn't even account for anything why that should virtual then get a 40% increase on I his think points he should. from the go. Yeah, yeah, no, I think I mean, that's how it works. Anyways, I'm not I'll put the word through. I'll put the word adjusted in the swear jar for the rest of the year. <laughs> oh, uh, adjusted, adjusted, <laughs> adjusted. I'll get to adjust something soon. Oh, uh, Sam Draper could very well be the best premium positional player, yeah. but it's not going to be this year. It's not going to be from next year. He it's might be game. three, four years away. Yeah, I, I think so. And look, again, depending on where you get him in a draft, it could be absolute value. Um, it's as much of these players as about where you pick them is about when you, um, if you pick them um, as a key component of RL. All right, let's keep moving through Fremantle. Interesting one. Three names across the four people that are, are picking players. Rids, you and Fox agreed that it was Caleb Sarong. Jimmy, you went Adam Chera. And I went out on my own and went Andy Brayshaw. Jimmy, talk to me through about Chez. What do you love about him? Oh, look, I like all three of these kids, to be honest, and um, really have to flip a coin between them to, to pick just one name for this. I really like how Frio have uh, gone about this rebuild over the last couple of years. They've yeah. got some great young kids in there. And uh, I think they'll, um, yeah, all three of these are going to be very worthy options. Yeah, I don't think you can go wrong with either. Rids, what was it? What have you... I don't know. It feels wrong to say, what is it you love about Sarong? Because if you watched footy last year, it was sublimely obvious, I feel. Oh, well, he's just, yeah, he just jumps out at me. But I mean, they've probably got another five or six plays on their list that could actually be, you know, as good as any of these guys Mm. that are in that age bracket. So Fremantle um, have done awesome, you know, from a, Mm. Like you think about Liam Henry, the way that he's that kid's going to excite over the years. Yeah. Hayden Young off the back line. Oh I mean, goodness. I reckon we're discussing Hayden Young at the end of the year in the same caliber of these guys. You know, if he just spot on the park. Like, but the fact of the matter is, I love watching Caleb's wrong play. He's just a ball magnet. He knows where to get. He knows he attacks the man. He loves a tackle. He can. He's just absolutely the guy that you love for fantasy and the best thing about him is he is not getting tagged any day of the week he is not getting tagged if anything he might play accountable on the other guy (laughs) yeah it's true and i'm i love that stuff mate you think of the dane swans and the tom mitchells and the matt crouches and all these guys who are you know they just never ever ever gonna get tagged no, that's true. There's always somebody that's deemed or perceived to have a greater impact on the moment or the actual game, but these guys just rack up the ball at will and score across multiple different columns. That is super impressive and super important. I agree. I think if you get any of those three in your keeper league or a Hayden Young, you are laughing all the way to the bank. Uh, let's head to the Cattery. Again, a couple of different names thrown out here. Fox and Rids, you've teamed up again with the same names of Parfit, Jimmy, I reckon you've gone a bit left field. I'm keen to get your take on this in a second. Charlie yeah, we'll Constable. We'll change my answer for this. So we'll come back to that. Okay, minute. okay. You've told me Constable, but if you've changed your mind, that's fine. And I've gone Jordan Clark. Jimmy, what have you changed it to from what's at coachespanel.tv? No, I, I what what I told you the first time around was none of the above. Okay, that's fair, actually. <laughs> I don't like any of the Geelong players. <laughs> of all of them, Constable's the only one I can see potentially becoming a premium on his line yeah. um, at the moment from what we've seen so far. Um, yeah. They've got a, a kid like uh, uh, Cooper Stevens, for example, who, who might well come good. We haven't seen him yet. We don't yeah. know. Um, 
Constable shown a bit. I feel um, he's not going to do it this year because Geelong have gone and imported a whole nother bunch of people from the old folks' home to play, That's and right. so yeah, much of a run. But they're um, yeah, of all of them, Constable maybe, but yeah, none was my official answer. Though. Yeah, sorry, I'll I'll, I'll be clear. I've <laughs> I've taken out any time you've said none or can I pass on this. I've put down what your third or fifth options are when you've given me those as your suggestions. Rids for you, um, I assume it's pretty similar for Fox. There's just been enough you've seen of Parfit, even though he's a mid only this year, that you think he can pop or get close enough. So I think Parfit gets more fitness in the next year or two. And that's when the old men go and go to the retirement village just down the road and away they go, you know. Off to Ocean Grove. Well, how many of them just got Higgins and Smith in? Like, I mean, what is going on? They're going all in there. Well, Parfit, as soon as these old fellas get out, then Parfit can actually play a full game in the midfield. Yeah. I mean, the kid can play. Let him play. Yeah, I, no question. Like all of these players that we mentioned, Clark, Constable, Parfit, um, whether they go past the old blokes that are still there or they're just there as the insurance policy for when they wrap up. And all I'm just of these kids are going to be good. Oh, here we go. They, you want me to say adjusted them. just to warn they you up? They went out and they got Isaac Smith because there was no run and carry in that team. There's a guy called Jordan Clark sitting in the twos, you Yes, fools. there is. He's I would have thought he has run and carry. Anyways. He's got, he's got and they let a guy like Lockie Fogarty go. Yeah, that have I like like I mean, what am I watching here? Because Lockie Fogarty is probably in this discussion if he's still at Geelong. I think so. Well, he, he's the only other one at Carlton beyond Walsh that I'd consider looking at, especially if he gets any mid-time. Um, but even then, like his defensive efforts in the forward 50 are just I think he's elite in, in some of those categories. So I agree. All right, let's head to the Gold Coast Suns. It's a pretty obvious name because we've already thrown him in there, Matt Rowell. Let's not take time on that because it, it, it's wrong to have a, oh my gosh, Matt Rowell fest. If it wasn't Rowell, who would it be? Because all four of us have said clearly Matt Rowell. So Jimmy, number one's taken. Who's the next Gold Coast son for you that you'd be going after? Look, off the top of my head, it's probably Anderson. Um, yeah. I'm a big Flanders fan, though. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So There's a bit of Petrarca about him, isn't there? Yeah, there's something like that. Yeah, he, he knows he's good. Um, I think <laughs> he tries too much at times. Not to, to rank in levels, but he, he tries to. <laughs> uh, he's not that far off. He's... Um, but no, I'm a, I'm a big fan though. He's um he goes about it nicely. He does. What about for you, Rids? Is there another son that if it wasn't Raoul, you'd be going after? Okay, so I'm just going to throw it out here. Okay, so you asked me a question before around the draftees and stuff. Yeah. I just want to emphasise to people: do not forget Elijah Holmes, guys. Yeah, yeah. This guy could be an absolute premium forward mid in the lines of a dusty tide for the next 12, 10, 15 years. So I'm not saying I would choose him now over Noah Anderson, but no. the reality is, but there's also Lukosius as well, who runs up and down the wings now. So yeah, he makes that step. And there's a guy called Ben King. Like, I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's ridiculous, some of this talent, MJ. Oh, look, Rankin it hasn't even come up. Like, if he starts to pick up some of that midfield time, what he can do is is scary too. So, you know, we talked about Fremantle earlier and the fact that, you know, here's this club that has drafted incredibly well over the past handful of years, and they have. Gold Coast has just been able to pick the eyes out of the past three or four drafts 
um, even a Jeremy Sharp, I think, has got some talent um, that, you know, I know, Jimmy, you've been a fan of his for a little while as well. So so they're going to be fine um, for a long period of time. There's another guy too, MJ, that's um, looking like a breakout season in Will Brody. Yeah, oh, come on, don't you start. It, look, honestly, he's, he's not a bad late flyer. He's just because if he gets games, he'll score. He, he, he was good in the scratch match, but let's not get too carried away. But the reality is, though, in the junior days, okay, this he guy was, was racking up numbers. We were going to made... a couple of years ago, weren't we, Rids? Yeah, we were. And I think rightfully so from what we were seeing as the um, junior days. Yeah. Well, if he gets the opportunity, he's... It's amazing how quickly to get this, though, MJ. Like, I mean, I know people want to talk down scratch matches and everything else, but if these guys jump out at you and they were actually decent in their junior days and they've got history of being a ball winner and being able to play the game. So, I mean, I'm all well and good, you know, saying, oh, no, 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 it's only a scratch game, blah, blah, blah. But the reality is, if this guy continues his form this week, it's very hard not to have in a conversation. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with that. All right, let's head over to the GWS Giants. A couple of different players mentioned here. Rids has gone for Lockie Ash. Fox and Jimmy have teamed up on Harry Perryman. Well, I'm on my Pat Malonesome and looking at old mate Tom Green. Uh, what is it about Perryman you like there, Jimmy? I just see, um, yeah, a lot of a lot of scoring potential in him. Um yeah, he showed us a few times last year. Um, he can play a number of different roles, which in some ways is a negative for him, but he seems to score well in just about all of them, whether he's playing in the wing. He was leading the Coleman at one point. Um, and now it looks like he's taking the kick-ins and um, yeah, doing what Whitfield was doing a couple of years ago. So I really like him from a lot of different angles on that point of view. Um, so yeah, I, And given his record so far, just got the nudge ahead for me, but I really do love Tom Green as well. Yeah, no, fair enough. And and Ash for you, Rids, is it just that elite run and carry that you think is going to keep him as that elite premium for us? I was very close between Ash and Green. So yeah. if this was Super Coach, I would have actually gone Green. Yeah. But the reality is, I just Green just looks too big to mm. me. So like, I mean, he's a big, bulky. He can only really play midfield which is a good thing for him. But I just worry as a dream team that I just don't know whether he takes that, you know, if he goes past the 100, 110 barrier, like, like I mean, so many more midfielders do. Lockie yeah. Ash, though, he's running carry off the half-back line and everything else is just, oh, he's, he's, a, he's a gun, this kid. So yeah. I just think he's... Same theory as before. I just think he's more likely to be an 80-plus mid-arm defender for his whole existence than what Green is to be a 100-plus mid at this stage in Dream Team. But it's a toss of the coin. Yeah, I I think that's a fair shout. All right, let's head over to the Hawthorne Footy Club. Rids, you're on your your alone with this uh, selection. The other three of us have all picked James the Warpedo Warple, whereas you've gone for Will Day. Is that again, and I get Jimmy's take on Warple in a second, is that a similar line of argument of just the, the assumption that he'll have that positional scarcity, be a defender, elite ball user, and, and is that what's tipped in your favour, him over Warple? No, he's he's clearly the number one at Hawthorne for me. It wasn't even a discussion. Okay, so talk Will me through Day, that. Will Day will be in the top two defenders 
in the next 10, 15 years of fantasy football. This kid is an absolute gun. Like, everyone else needs to watch him a little bit closer, I'm thinking. James Warple, okay, I'm not saying he's not a good footballer, but he's just a mid-type, you know what I mean? Will Day is going to be the top echelon of defender for a very long time. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I don't disagree with that call on day. I think he's going to be elite. What is it about Warple for you, Jimmy, that made you tip the uh, tip it just a little award towards him? Yeah, I do like day. I can see a lot of you. I haven't been quite as bullish as Rich, I must admit. Um, so we'll be watching him a little more carefully uh, over the next little while. But um, for Warple, the thing I like about him is that um, I don't think he's that great a footballer. Um, I don't think he's ever going to get tagged. Yeah, um, or it certainly shouldn't be if he's the number one tag option at Hawthorne. There's something wrong there, but um, he does know how to find it, um, which is great. And it's um, I like him from a dream team point of view, not so much from a watching football perspective. No, I get that too. And again, he's that he's that guy that you feel like you're not going to go out of your way to get him, but you're also not going to be yeah. devastated if he yeah. lands to you in the right spot or or exactly. anything like that. I, well, you know, I think you'll take some offers for him. So that's fair enough too. All right, let's head to Melbourne. Two players have been listed, but Rids and Jimmy, you've both landed on the same player. You've both gone for Luke Jackson, while Fox and I have landed on Trent Rivers. Rids, what is it about Jacko you like, mate? Uh, he's talking about rucks for the next 10 years. This kid's yeah. going to be like... He's just going to be the guy. Like, hmm. Gorn, you know, he's probably still got a few years left, Gorn. But there's going to be some point in time that Luke Jackson is the number one ruck while Gorn's still there. Yeah. We, we see it all the time, you know, the kids come and they go past the number one. This kid is as good a footballer as what you'll see as a ruck. Yeah. He can play. Oh, boy, can he play. And you're already seeing it now as if he's played in his first year, MJ. How many rucks play in their first year and do what he did? Oh, like, athletically, he's scary. Yeah, it's basically puts on a 20 kilos of muscle and everything else. Like this kid is, I can't talk it up enough. Just go grab him now if you're in a keeper league and just enjoy the next 10, 15 years of footy. Yeah, I think he's going to be an absolute ripping selection. I don't disagree with that um, whatsoever. North Melbourne. Let's go to that one. This will be quick. Jimmy, you've already shared your love of the North Melbourne Football Club several times on this episode. <laughs> We've all gone a pretty easy pick. I know Rids alluded to Tom Powell being maybe potentially the best pick of the current new draft crop, but we've all yeah. said Jai Simpkin. And after what he delivered last year, that's probably no surprise. No, that's it. He's one that uh, I think had been on the radar for, for many over the last couple of years as a potential breakout. And it finally happened last year. He got that opportunity as a more of a full-time midfielder and, uh, and showed us a bit more of what he can do there. So, yeah, that seems a pretty easy selection. Um, North are um, in an interesting sort of position now, trying to rebuild out of nowhere and um, taking anyone who is willing to play for them at this point. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see what that midfield mix and what the rest of their team is going to look like over the next year or so. But um, yeah. I think he's pretty safe in that position. And so, yeah, he's one of only a handful I could um, back in at that point. Fair enough. So I, I want to throw a name at you guys, Jaden Stevenson. Was he yeah. in the mix for you guys at all? Uh, yes, but not 
No. <laughs> to the point where it became a big part of that conversation is um, very much role dependent and, um, and, and wishing him all the best seems to be very much state of mind dependent over the last year or so. Um, so I'm not quite sure what to expect from him this year. I want to see a bit more out of him before I go targeting him aggressively. And MJ, I've got to throw a name at you. Luke okay. Davies Uniaki, because I know that you would be, he would have been in the mix for you. I'm a big LDU fan, but I think um, I think Simpkins going to be a clear, stronger scorer than him. I think Supercoach is probably more LDU's game. Uh, I don't think he'll be quite this level of player, but he's he's got that Chris Judd style of how he moves and plays the game. And I think from a fantasy perspective, it's similar where there's always going to be that greater weighting in terms of the impact on the contest and the game that that scoring format's going to benefit for him as opposed to a dream team fantasy ultimate footy, which is more a pure just weightiness of numbers um, is there. So yeah, I, I, I rate LDU, but look, if he averages more than 95, over the majority of his career in a season, I'd actually be surprised. I think he's closer to a 90s mid um, in ultimate footy. And I'm going to throw one more name for me. Now, I don't know how <laughs> this might pronounce his surname. The case. This will be good. It's accident, but it's, they, somehow they get cherry out of it. Like, I'm not sure how that happens. But, I mean, this guy actually could be an absolute sneaky, sneaky ruck forward option moving forward. Like, 21-year-old, Goldie's what? He's as old as the dinosaur. He's 74, yep. Well, he's, yeah, he's no change out of 100. So, I mean, if as soon as Goldie, like, falls over and becomes a fossil, totally. this guy's likely to take over as the number one ruck, I reckon, and actually prosper. So, he might be one, if you've got a um, deep keeper league where you keep guys and everything else, he yep. might be one later on to grab off the um, waiver wire. I like that. That's a nice. Him in one or two of mine. Yeah, he's a nice sneaky little name there. I think you've just crushed Jimmy's soul for letting that one out of the bag, but that's totally fine. All right, there you go. Yeah, you want some trade currency? That's what you're looking for. All right, let's head to Port Adelaide. No surprises that a specific three names appear in this list. Rids, you and I have j- jumped on the same page here. We've landed on Zach Butters as the top power candidate. Fox. Connor Rosie, or is Jimmy maybe a little more controversial has overlooked both those names and you've gone for the archer in Xavier Dersma. Talk me through that pick, mate. Yeah, it's as much a passion play as anything else. He's another one that I really enjoy watching play. Um, Not that the other two aren't any fun to watch either, but um, I've got a, yeah, I really liked it. And uh, I could see him taking that step this year to, to being that um, close to premium level for his line, um, yeah, even as a mid only, um, and and carrying on with that over the next number of years, I'm, I'm really a big fan and very bullish of his potential to to become a premium midfielder over the long run. And again, you know, in contrast, and we'll get Rids to talk about Butters in a second, but in contrast yeah. to the the draft position or the trade currency it takes you to get Dersma, it's yeah. chalk and cheese in contrast. I, I saw him dropped in a keeper league just recently um, from someone's batch of keepers. A, wow. a standard, personally, I think he's uh, a clear keeper, um, even in a, a short league. But um, yeah, it's of the three of them, he's probably got less currency at the minute, but he's the yeah. one I'm keen on, regardless of what you're paying to get him. Yeah, no, fair enough. And Rids, Butters, do you want to talk about that pick a bit? I'm going to talk about all three guys. Yes, why not? Butters, 
Butters and Rosie, I believe, are going to be mid forwards for the rest of their career because they just impact so much around the goals. I think Rosie's more likely to spend more time in the forward line, though, which is why Butters is a clear one for me because Butters is an accumulator. He gets the ball. He uses the ball. He can roll through the midfield. Xavier Dersma, I'm 100% convinced, would be my number one pick if he was at a different club. Yeah, right. I don't think Port use him well. And I think this guy could be a half-back, half-forward wing. And this guy could actually push a hundred plus. So I'd wait till um, Port trading. I'm really hopeful they figure it out. Yeah, because like I mean, they just don't use this kid well. They even dropped him last year at one stage, didn't they? Yeah, well, that's Port for you, I suppose. eh? Oh wow! There's a good club coming up. Let's talk about Richmond. eh? Oh, let's talk about Richmond. Yeah, Uh, no, let us do talk. Oddly though, we've all listed the same name and sometimes when you list the same name i'm curious on both your guys perspectives on it because we have seen a very similar sort of richmond team over the past few years in terms of the core 18 to 20 you know and and not a whole drastic amount of change albeit some improvement in the list we've all listed shy bolton who as a forward and a really dodgy line this year is right towards the top of the tree Uh, reads what's his scoring potential and then as the secondary question, what's his likelihood of retaining that forward status when the guys like Martin and Cochin stop rolling through the mids as much? So first thing about Shai Bolton is you've got to almost take a year off his age in okay. AFL circles because he was his birth date was right at the end of his draft year. That's right. So he turned 18 like in December or whatever it was, okay, off the year. So straight away then, he's one year behind development that most of the other 18-year-olds are there. We're only just seeing the tip of the iceberg for this guy. The, the more endurance and fitness he gets, he's going through midfield more and more, but he's always going to play forward as well because he's got that leap. He's almost the impossible matchup. So... Again, this guy's potential is 100-plus forward mid for the rest of his journey now. Yep, fair shout. And, Jimmy, anything you want to add to that about the Bolton? I'm I, Again, I love watching him as a player. And for all of those reasons Richard's mentioned, um, you know, I can't argue with any of that. I'm just not as convinced on his, on his ceiling and his weekly scoring potential, I suppose. Um, to me, I think he's he's likely more to cap out at that sort of 80-odd point level, which if he does retain forward, is, is, you, know, you can't really it's sneeze fine. at it at all. Yeah. Um, but he's the sort of player that, um, given the opportunity, I wouldn't be against selling high for the right offer um, you know, and, and trying to invest elsewhere potentially. So um, I love him, absolutely love him to bits. I'm just not as convinced on his, his long-term premium status. Um, Another guy I would have mentioned in this category, mm. um, had you done um, this survey a week ago, would have been Jack Graham. He just turned 23. But um, True. Yeah. Um, but no, beyond that, though, there's a lot of these kids that Richmond have drafted over the last couple of years that we really haven't seen much of. Yeah. Yet. And um, that's yeah, the fascinating thing, isn't it? And a few of these others that um, yeah, have all the, the great raps about them, but um, we just haven't seen them. So this will be a really interesting year at Hunt Road, I think. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, obviously no doubt going to 
really try and make history, not just for the club, but recent history in terms of another three-peat um, and, and four and five years. But when and how they've been so good over these past couple of years of letting players emerge and hold down key roles. We've seen Bolton, you know, who we're talking about now. We've seen Bolter, you know, pop up over the past 12 months as well and start to hold down these key roles. So Richmond have done it as well as anybody at blooding and giving opportunities and keeping these guys in the side. But like you said, at the elite level, we just haven't had a chance to see much of them yet. A lot at the lower levels, a lot behind closed doors. But probably of all the clubs on this list, it's one of the few. There's one more I've got. Concerns isn't the right word. But from a fantasy perspective, there's not heaps of names you feel confident to list. That's probably a better way to phrase it. So, MJ, though, Noah Bolter, if he changes his position into the ruck... Oh, yes. He's probably right there with Bolter in this discussion. Yeah, I think that's a fair shout. And I think he will at some stage. Yeah. I think that's a fair shout. Yeah, I'm with you. Ah, all right, let's move to St Kilda. Three different names have been suggested. Fox has tried to squeeze a Richmond name in by going Jack Higgins, so I appreciate that, that he's tried to get another slightly Richmond-connected person in, so well done to Fox. Uh, Rids, you've landed on Nick Caulfield. Jimmy, you and myself have picked Hunter Clark. What is it about Caulfield you love, Rids? Again, he's just that... He's just a defender. Like he just yeah. knows how to play. He's smart. He's he knows how to intercept. He's he doesn't need to. He can win his own ball. He can win it on the outside. He he does everything. Nick Offield, Hunter Clark was definitely in the discussion. For everyone wondering though, who Fox's boy of twenty twenty one is, oh, it is Jack Higgins, without doubt. Mm-hmm. Oh, but he yeah, has not stopped yeah. telling us about Jack Higgins. Without like, doubt. how many times does he mention Jack Higgins in a day? Chat? A day, it's at least seven. Like, least seriously, seven. we'll be talking worry. about premium defenders, and he'll be like, "Have you heard about Jack Higgins?" It's like, mate. And I'll just throw it out there: that's a seven to one ratio per Jack Higgins mentioned to days. <laughs> He's a big fan. Um, if you're in a Kiva league uh, with Fox and he doesn't own Higgins, he will likely trade Matt Rowe to you for Higgins. He's that keen on owning Jack Higgins everywhere. It's not quite Sheridan level, but it's high. In Kiva leagues, does he? That's that's not something Fox does. No, no, no. Fox doesn't trade. Uh, talk me through the Hunter Clark bit quickly, Jimmy. Uh, look, he's another one that I really enjoy watching. He's, um, yeah, he's just, his ball use, the way he... Um, you know, puts himself into the right positions and, and, and can distribute well. It's just, he's a joy to watch. So that's as much of it as anything. He's a chance any given year to have that defence status. I think he long-term, he is a midfielder though. Um, whether he's going to be an absolute elite midfielder, I don't know, yeah. but there's certainly enough there to for, for me to pick him. I, I love him as a kid, as a player. He's going to be there and thereabouts, isn't he? That's for sure. All right, we head to our final three clubs, Sydney. Uh, all of us on this episode have all picked the same player, while Fox has gone for Nick Blakey. So he's a little outside to the rest of us. We've all landed on Dylan Stevens. Rids, some of the contrasts to a to a Lockie Whitfield and a Jackson McRae, are they are they fair enough in contrast in terms of the type of player Stevens is? Yeah, they are. But I mean, I've got to say this was tough, Sydney. Mm, like, yeah. Sydney have quite a few names that sneak up on you. Like, 
Robottom was around there, wasn't he? Well, Robottom was definitely Oli Florent was close to the mark. I think yeah. is he I think he just qualified age wise from memory. Um, I think even the young kid Braden Campbell this year, like yeah, I mean in twelve months' time, we might all be saying Braden Campbell as yeah. the response to this question. But Dylan Stevens just showed enough last year in a tough, tough year. This kid, again, I know we've been talking about junior numbers, or I have, but this kid's junior numbers were quite good. We know he's an endurance guy. I reckon he he absolutely looks like a McRae type, doesn't he, when he mm. plays? That's so right. he moves, it's exceptional. too when he's got the room to use it. It's, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's a special, special kid, this one. So... I actually thought they took him a little bit early in last year's, like the draft um, two years ago. Hmm. But the reality is they they must rate him. So, yeah, I mean, I just thought it was a no-brainer. This guy's name just jumps. Yeah, he, he didn't he give him a rated midfield kid in the midfield is a, a nice surprise too. So, um, yeah. That's yeah, true yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, it's very, very true. You, you're right, though. There is just a bunch of guys, even Goulden, who they picked up, Blakey, I think, you know, was Fox's pick he's shown his ability to get up and around and about the ground. I think he's always going to hold forward status too. So if, if you value that positional scarcity highly, which I'm going to presume is Fox's reason um, for landing on Blakey, you know, he, he's going to be perfectly fine to win the keeper league too um, for you through there. All right. Final two clubs. And interestingly, we've all picked the same player. So this should be a, a nice quick ending. But I'm, I'm, I am curious about this West Coast pick, especially, Jimmy, to get your take. Because, again, yep. this is 22 and under. Fantasy footy relevant. We've all picked Alex Witherden. Is it just purely on what you saw at Brisbane that has got no. him over the line for you? What is it yeah, for you? No one else. <laughs> I really struggled looking through their list to find anyone that I really wanted to put in this spot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's, he did show at Brisbane that he's got a bit of ceiling about him, and when he's allowed to play loose, that um, you know he'll he'll plus six all day. But yeah, I don't know if his way of playing will fit what West Coast are going to want to do with him. Um, yep. Though I don't pick him in this spot with a whole lot of confidence at all, to be honest. But um, there really weren't many other names jumping out at me at all on their list. Yeah, anything you want to add to that, Rids? Well, I had um, Alan, Branda, and Waterman as three others. Yeah. Fox, obviously, because um, he would have thought that Dom Sheed's, like, just ageless. Isn't He's he? just so too old. He He's would have just... thought that Dom Sheed was, like, 21 for the rest of his life. So he would have been in contention, I know. Yeah, he doesn't I believe he's 25. Well, I mean, it should suit Witherden, shouldn't it? Like, Hearn's yeah. old, like. Um, there's a big oval over there. They like to chip and chip sideways and everything else. I mean, Shannon Hearn, who's an average footballer, is, has mm. made a career out of just chipping to other guys 15, 20 metres away or bombing 200 metres away. So, I mean, that's just perfect. Like, he's just a clone to Hearn. Yeah. No, there's, there's a lot of contrasts. Um, you know, that you can make between those two, which is fair. And then, Rids, when we get to our final club for the last couple of quick questions, we've all picked Bailey Smith. Is it a similar mindset of what Jimmy's gone of? He's just the best available under that age bracket? Or is there something a little bit more to it with Bailey? No, no, I almost didn't pick him because of his stupid haircut. (laughs) 
Well, you got to have some sort of like principles in life, MJ. And <laughs> this guy's head just drives me bloody nuts. Yeah, for those that are new to the coaches panel, that that is a, along with adjusted haircuts is what's going to get you moved out of Ridley's team very quickly, as you were, mate. Yeah, no, nah, but I mean, long story short, this kid can play. There you can. It's just got stupid hair. Does it? Did it? Um, not so much the hair. Did, did the emergence of Adam Trelaw to the team make you cool on him a little bit? Or it doesn't matter. He's just going to be a jet in your eyes. No, no, he's just going to be a jet. But right. um, I'll tell you what, though. This time next year, we might be talking about J-U-H a little bit more. I was, would we not? I was he just did about to ask number about, one. He did go at number one. I was about to ask you that about Jimmy. Like, Where does Jamari Eagle Hagen go in terms of key positional stocks? Still yet to really see him do much at, at an elite level. Again, this is being recorded before the Amy Community Series. He's got involved in one half of a reserve scratch match. So not really much to see yet. But everything yeah. looks exciting. It, How it early would you go for him in a draft? Look, I don't I don't know that I would, to be honest, um, yeah. is the short answer. I think someone's going to pick him earlier than I'd be comfortable to, more sure. often than not. Um, so I don't think it's a problem I'm going to be faced with too often. Um, but don't get me wrong. He's got a, an enormous amount of potential. He could be freaking anything, but um, I just don't know. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. That, that's fair enough, I, I think. And MJ, I just want to say big thank you to Bevo for making our life a lot easier. Because if he played Ed Richards as a halfback and he was eligible as a halfback, oh this guy's right in the picture and discussion, I reckon, for yeah. the the number one spot in the Bulldogs. But thank you, Bevo, for making our job very easy. He does He does that every now and again, then, doesn't he? He just takes players that have got fantasy relevance and moves them out of that place to just make life easy for coaches. So thank you, Bevo, for helping us all out. All right, let's get to our last couple of questions before we wrap up this keeper-focused episode. These questions have come to us from our Patreons. And if you want to join our Patreon supporter group, all the links, you can find that for you at coachespanel.tv. There are different tiers and levels that you can get involved in that are perfect just for you to get involved. And one of those is a brand new Patreon. His name is Aiden. He's got a question for us. And so thank you, Aiden, for your support of the coaches panel. He's got a question for you about structures on the field. So he's talking about for a group of just six people. So that's what he's got in his keeper league. What format would you suggest in terms of how many players should be on the ground? How deep's your bench? And how many should you keep? Jimmy, I'll go to you with that question from our new Patreon legend, Aiden. What's the idea with just a coach of six teams? So it's going to be pretty shallow yeah. in, in terms of, you know, everyone's going to have a good squad. Hmm. Players on the ground, what's the good format? Bench, and then how many should they be looking to keep? Okay. I guess um, it, it is different. And I suppose when you're going that sort of level, it's... Um, yeah, luck is always a big factor in, in any sort of fantasy footy, but even more so when you've got that, uh, you know, so few numbers of people in the league. But my math isn't very good. You know, standard league might have, um, well, 18 players on field by 10 to 12 coaches, roughly 200-odd players on field. Yeah. Um, what's 200 divided by six? That's, jeez, uh, it was late. It's about 33-odd players on ground, give or take. Um, and so I'd probably be looking to get a similar sort of depth of player on field, I think. Um, otherwise, if everybody's got you know five or six premium mids each, and that's it, yeah. um, you know, you're, 
it's just too much of a, you know, who's got ceiling one week versus the next. So, yeah, it changes the game. It's certainly a different flavour if you go um, small fields on, on you know, small teams on field. But mm. I'd probably look to extend it the other way and have, yeah, 30, 35 players um, as your core group and then a bench beyond that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be opposed to maybe doing a two-ruck league um, yeah. on that too. Like if you're just trying to stretch the positional value somewhere, because again, everyone's going to be just chock-a-blocks. If you've got six and you're running seven mids, um, yeah. it, you're all going to have 90 plus, 95 plus mids. Um, That's it. Half the fun of a keeper league is finding those gems that um, haven't broken out yet and, and do yeah. get that opportunity or the player yeah. that no one else expects to do any good and then you go pick him up. Um, hello to everyone who drafted Cam Guthrie last year. Yep. And um, yeah, it's you're not going to have those if you have just a very small sort of set up on field. So yeah, I'd be looking to extend it, I reckon, and, and bring those um, breakouts and uh, left field choices into play. Yeah, no, fair I enough. I think there'd be interest in him, Jay. Like, mm. I think um, what would he set as his keepers, you know, from season to season? So he could do something really cool and say, like, get everyone to keep three players from their squad mm. and then maybe two guys that have played less than 25 games of footy or something. Yeah. And try and get a lot of depth in those. Um, so that way, then every year to year, you would almost have different squads. So you could contend year in, year out, no matter what. So it's actually not a bad way to do it. Yeah, I think, yeah, large on field, small number of keepers would be the good sort of mix for that sort of setup. All right, there you go, Aiden. I hope that helps you. Uh, Brendan wants to know, Rids, I'll throw it over to you. If you're in a brand new startup keeper league, what would your top 10 be? And how would you rate age versus average for players of the same position? So in no particular order, throw out some names for Brendan that you would say, look, these are these are the guys that are in the conversation for that first 10 picks. Well, I think the number one pick is an absolute no-brainer. His name's Matthew Rao. Mm-hmm. If you don't pick him, just don't play the game. Um, you got guys like Grundy and O'Brien, okay, who'll be right in the mix in the next couple of spots. Yeah. Then what you need to do is really go through and work out what is going to be your strategy, okay? So are you looking at doing a little bit longer term? Are you looking at competing straight away? Because, I mean, you could probably play a bit both. Like, you can hedge your bets both ways. So if you go someone like a mid-20-year-old, like a Zach Merritt type. Sure. You know, look for those sort of guys. But I would have a Tim Taranto in the top few. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, he's third year of 40. He went at 112. I mean, Jackson McRae is always in the conversation. Yeah. Um, it depends how long you think guys like Danger and Dusty hang around for in those forward positions. Mm. Like, so, I mean, it's easy way to do it. Sam Walsh, obviously, is going to have yeah. to be in that conversation. Yeah. Uh, I spoke earlier about an Andrew McGrath. He's probably in that conversation. Not so much the first top 10, but Early it's a way that around. you can yeah. set your game out where you can actually go, Rodio, if I want to grab those younger guys, let's grab the older guys. Like guys like Pendlebury and everyone else, you know, they always get picked late, you know, Mm. always late. So I would be looking at it like that. Yeah, and I think you can balance out sometimes some of those picks too if you're going to snag some of those older blokes, um, you know, whether it be the Pendles, the Dangerfields, 
dusty if we you know we're, we're stretching the phrase older we're taking 29 year olds at this point well then maybe you reach a little earlier for an 18 or a 19 year old like a a tom powell you know that you alluded to reads where you think he's going to be the best so you can offset those picks with okay i'm going to grab some older ones here but i'm going to reach two or three rounds earlier and get some of these younger guys and balance it out so it's there's so, so many variables involved in it isn't there yeah, yeah the there is. thing that Sorry, oh, I was just going to say the other thing that um, you, you factor into your starting squad is how many players you can keep at the end of the year. Totally. You, you build a very different list in a league where you keep 12 out of 30 compared to where you keep 25 out of 30 or, or yeah, more or less either way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so if you're getting that, um, that core group of, of younger-ish players, you know, 20 to 25-ish that you can build around over a number of years, there's no harm in picking a Pendlebury or a, yeah, one of those older types of Mark Murphy, even that that you can feel quite comfortable dropping at the end of the year that doesn't make you keepers because you've got enough other quality young players that you can build next year's list around as well. Yep. So just um, back to the question though, for one second with the top yep. 10, there is one guy I'd have very, very high on the list and that's Rowan Marshall. Yeah. Um, I think someone like a Paddy Ride has only got a year or two left. And then Rowan Marshall will become like pretty much the best ruck in the game. Mm. So he'd be another one that I'd be trying to keep high in the list as well. Where do you put um, guys like a a Jake Lloyd, who who they're not young, but they're going to have that positional security. They're so clearly high and above most players year in, year out in that line. I think he's like 27. How do you value that in contrast to say, a Tim Taranto who they've got about a three or four year age gap, but there's the positional security. And um, it, like we said, right at the top of the episode, it's kind of easier to find hundred mids. How do you value that Rids? So my idea on Jake Lloyd is you always take him. If you're um, in an R and to try to decide between someone and Jake Lloyd's on the, like in the draft pool, he's your choice. Yeah. So the reality is he's going to go till he's 32, 33 in that defensive line. He's going to be in the top three or four defenders, you know, for the better part of the whole time. Yeah. He's absolutely a no-brainer as a top 10 option. I just want to throw it out there, though. As a fantasy community, we sometimes forget things. So a guy like Sam Doherty only two years ago was the number one defender, and we yeah. would have been having the same conversation about Sam Doherty as what we're talking about with Jake Lloyd this year. So, yeah. so a guy like Alex Witherden, who's going over to West Coast, he's 22 years old. Like, I mean, he's absolutely tailor-made for the defensive lines. Just because Jake Lloyd's so much better than anyone else in the last few years and potentially this year in the next two or three, mm. if a little bit of foresight and a little bit of... Um, thoughts around it. You could actually try and pick up the next Jake Lloyd if you wanted to go down that path if you do miss Jake Lloyd. Yep, don't mind that. I think that's a fair shout. All right, our final question comes from Luke. Uh, it's a tough one, Jimmy. I'll throw it open to you. Yeah. Who are your top three rated late pickups or smokies across each line? I'll give you a bit of time to think and I'll explain why I think it's a tough question. Mm-hmm. It's because I think everybody takes those last few rounds of a draft in a different mindset um and that's why i'm giving you time to think jimmy because we don't prep the question answer time no. <laughs> um is uh some will choose to go for proven depth 
And so they might think, oh, I'll, I'll grab myself a guy that's going to be there and thereabouts, but I, he probably doesn't meet my keepers. So a Daniel Rich, again, he's probably not there, but that's the name for sake of it. Whereas others will go, well, Lockie Scholl might be there. So I'll go with a guy with upside. So, you know, every coach has a different mindset through there. So it's always dangerous to give specific so, this. What, what What's your take? Rids has got MJ, something to say to give you time. Can I just jump in to give Jimmy another couple of minutes? Yes. I've got, like, there's a guy, okay, at the moment that's the most perfect example of this over the last four or five years. His name's Ed Kerno. Yeah. He seems to slide in every, every single draft every year. Yet, I mean, the guy just racks up 90, 95 plus scores mm. week in, week out. And he would be the perfect example of this sort of scenario. Yeah, I agree. That great late pickup that's going to play every week. If he's on your bench, you're just loving life because you know he's just that durable, consistent, reliable, faithful guy um, and can let you get away with picking a kid early if you need to. All right, Jimmy, we've stalled enough for you. Give us some names. Okay. Um, again, I'm just going off the For top a keeper league. Um, having thought uh, not much about this at all, um, I would be looking, if I could, to get someone like a Matthew Flynn away. Mm. Fairly late. Nice. Um, I think he's got a bit of potential. We'll get some games early, and if nothing else, we'll get trade value, even if you don't plan to keep him. Um, on that ruck line, um, Tom Hickey as well looks like he could be mm. solid depth for us in a ruck league if you can get him late, because nice. uh, probably not on anyone's list at the moment. Um, someone like a Jack Graham, I think, is worth a look late yep. if you can get him. Um, good. Eli Smith at Brisbane is another one who's got Ford status this year that um, hopefully will go a little bit later in drafts um, as well. Um, yep. Who else would I be looking at here? Some good names. I'm going to throw in a couple of suggestions here as well. Okay. Yep. I'd be looking at guys who are potentially gaming uh, different position as well. Someone yeah. like a Rory Atkins who's gone to the Gold Coast, he will yeah. pretty much slide all the way through a draft, but he's been picked up as a halfback flanker. Yeah. So as soon as he plays three games for the Gold Coast, you may very well have landed yourself a 75-80 defender. Yeah. Yeah, solid, very yeah. solid. I like it. Um, yeah. Again, someone like um, you mentioned, Kerno before Mark Murphy for the same reasons. Um, yeah. People just don't seem to want to own anymore. Um, there's a perception that he's too old or he's going to fall off that cliff. Um, he may well do, but um, yeah, yeah, he's apparently playing forward now instead of in the mids, which is nice. Yeah. Oh, um, you got guys like you know Will Hamill at the Crows, like Connor Menadue, like you, you, these guys that they're probably more salary cap friendly. But again late positional value yeah. um, in a draft, you know, even a, even a Cahill from Essendon, you know, Rids, you're talking about these guys getting positional changes, eligible as a forward, uncertain, you know, so he, so enough, but he's in that positional allocation. I'll tell you what, Nick Hine could yeah. be a, mid, um, a forward defender before the, after the first positional changes. Yeah. Um, and the other guy that I wanted to throw out there is I just had a mental blank. I'll think about it and come back to you. No, there's a slider that's going to slide everywhere. Now, five years ago, this guy would have gone as early as early can be. His name's Dom Tyson. So Ooh. just keep a sneaky eye on Dom Tyson as well. He's apparently had a full preseason. He's moving well. 
might keep an eye on him. Oh, I love the boldness of a Dom Tyson call. What better way to end an episode than a Rid's absolute smoky from the deep of the bushland? And MJ, um, yes. I'm also going to say that not just in draft leagues, just keep a sneaky eye on him in the salary cap formats too, eh? We couldn't get through an episode without dropping some salary cap nuggets of gold there. Hey, Rids and Jimmy, appreciate your work as we've talked through some keeper league options throughout this episode. Uh, pleasure. Anytime. Uh, not bad work from you too, Rids. Even the Dom Tyson call. Not bad from you, mate. Easy as me. Uh, if you want to go and read the article, well, it's not much of an article. It's just a list of the players in case you don't want to go back and listen through this whole episode again. You just want to go like, oh, who did Jimmy say he was going after for Port? Who was that North Melbourne player that Rids was keen on? It was all Chai Simpkin. Regardless, you can go and check the article out at coachespanel.tv. If you're loving uh, articles like this and podcast episodes like this, there's plenty of exclusive Patreon content that's Keeper League focused. And you can join that Patreon supporter group with the links also at coachespanel.tv. TV. Coming up soon, a midweek episode. We jump back into your salary cap formats, answering some more of our Patreon questions. But if you're loving the preseason, men oh men, there is plenty of stuff still to come as we head towards round one. Give it all, now give it truth, give it up, give it up.